Welcome to All Access Network Podcast. So excited to have you here with us today. We are on a mission to positively impact culture through stories, sports, and serving. We strive to positively change lives for the better, to expose people to stories and situations so that they can relate and know that they're not alone. We love to be able to connect people to people that they may aspire to be similar to, people that they want to know more about, and people that they want to get access to. Uh, and not just people that are always celebrated. We like to celebrate some of the people that are behind the scenes, the unsung heroes, uh, there's so many people doing great things out here in this world. We want to make sure we shine a light as best we can. So. We are excited to empower you through these stories, through these sports, through these situations. And thanks so much for joining us. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. You can also subscribe on YouTube at All Access Network. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter as well. Please share, like, subscribe, and then share, like, subscribe again. Share with a friend, share with a family member, share with another colleague. Uh, within All Access Network, we believe we have something for everyone. We have sports at all levels. Uh, we're continuing to expand to add new and different uh, shows and topics and um, just a different variety of things that can impact you in a positive way. So we look forward to adding those things. Thank you so much for joining us. I think you will definitely enjoy today. I want to take time to acknowledge one of our partners, Rising Coaches. Every coach wants to rise in their career in one way or another. We're all looking for professional development, access to tools, and relationships that can help us grow and help us advance in our career. Rising Coaches provides just that. You can visit Rising Coaches at www.risingcoaches.com. Their memberships are just $10 a month and provides a genuine community to help you grow and advance in your career. All Access Network, you're here. Uh, we always say thanks. We have so much gratitude for you guys being a part of this experience. We have several different opportunities within the network for you to connect. We have uh, things within basketball at all levels of sport right now, uh, from high school to college to junior college to specific conferences. Uh, we have some new developments coming soon. We look forward to sharing those with you. We also have uh, we're starting to build part of the network where we can even connect the female population more to uh, some of the things we'll have. So today we are diving into Women's Empowerment Week. It is Women's Empowerment Week. It is the beginning. We will go all five days in a row of just um, being empowered by women, uh, women that have accomplished things in their career professionally, some that are still in school, some that just finished school. Uh, we'll kind of touch all landscapes uh, for the start of the new year. So excited to have you with us on this Women's Empowerment Week. We This series will be a part of uh, Coach's Corner. They are not all coaches, but uh, that is a part of the series that it'll be a part of. And look from for, excuse me, the spinoff from this Women's Empowerment Series to come soon, led by uh, our director, 
of operations, our public relations director, our Jill of all trades, our executive producer, my cousin, Miss Anitra Burton. So look forward to that. She has some exciting things coming here soon. But in the meantime, today's episode, you will definitely love in this entire series. So thanks so much again, All Access Network. Today, we sit down with WNBA champion, Noel Quinn from the Seattle Storm. Not only has Noel won a WNBA championship as a player, but she's also won it with the Storm as a coach. She is a champion on and off the floor in every single meaning of the word. She is from California, originally won multiple state championships in high school in multiple sports, went on to UCLA, had great success there, and in the WNBA, she was a lottery pick and has been doing nothing but great things in her career in the WNBA, inside the lines and out. So can't wait for you to get to learn more about the champion, the woman, the great person. Uh, just can't say enough great things about her, but going to be a tremendous episode. And I can't wait for you guys to learn more about this special person. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Looking forward to uh, another awesome episode of All Access Coaches Corner. Uh, we have a new guest, Noel Quinn, who is a uh, NBA champion, a champion of a person, champion of a coach. And uh, I got the great pleasure of meeting her uh, on a Black Coaches Association meeting. Uh, we were in the same uh, breakout room for a few breakout sessions, and I'm like, this individual is like a rare breed right here. We got to, we got to, more people need to know about her and her story. I don't know a lot of it. I know some of it and I'm looking forward to even more, but I just know uh, the presence, the humility, the accomplishments, the talent, but yet the grace and willingness to continue to want to learn and, and want to uh, just be kind. Uh, she just has that it factor, that spirit, that light, that, that God shines through her. So I had to had to have her on for this women's empowerment series. So super excited. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, glad to have you. So we'll start out, get straight to it. What what would you say for somebody, those that do know you and those that don't? Who is Noel Quinn? Wow. Um Noel Quinn is a blessed young woman. Um, you know, I grew up in um, Los Angeles. I attended Bishop Montgomery High School. I then went on to UCLA um, and then played about 12 years professionally, both um, in the WNBA and overseas. I'm now coaching. Um, so, you know, throughout my life and throughout my experience, I've had um, opportunities to both play the game and now teach the game to others. Um, I love God. I love my family. <laughs> I'm just a humble servant and um, really enjoying my time on um, on earth, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, so you said humble servant, and I think that's the part where uh, that part is probably as loud and clear as any. But what isn't, unless you know your resume, knowing that you've had as much success athletically as you have, uh, not only in high school, but in at UCLA, uh, again, winning championships, being a pro for as long as you have on the women's side is maybe 
even more uncommon than it is on the men's side to have a 12 year career uh, be a top five pick, I believe number four pick in the draft, uh, WNBA draft. Um, and then to be able to win a championship as a coach and a player for the storm, like most people don't have that kind of humble spirit because of all the, the things that have happened. So where does that come from? Where does that originate and how do you, what does that mean to you to kind of make sure you stay in that? Cause I think that's consistently what I've known you to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up with, you know, my mom and my sister. So my mom's a single parent. Um, my grandmother, she, I was around her up until like the age of 10. So she passed away when I was in like fifth grade, fifth or sixth grade. Um, and I think just uh, seeing how those women in my life um, work so hard, um, they were, you know, both my heroes and, you know, sacrificing whatever they had to do um, in order to help us um, as a family unit, 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 and then just understanding that, you know, you can't take life for granted, you know, seeing death for me early for somebody who I like love so much. I think it really made me understand at a young age that I have to, you know, make the most of my time. Um, I can't, you know, take anything for granted. I have to love hard, love my family. Um, I have to work hard. I have to um, just, you know, do the things that my mom and my grandmother, um, you know, did and showed and they were such a great example for me and I think that's probably where that comes from just um being around um those women and that I love being around older people in general just um you know learning from them gaining wisdom from them and that's just kind of what's driven me to um want to kind of be great in what I do yeah so piggybacking right on uh greatness or, or following that lead mm -hmm. Let's talk about your playing career. Obviously, a lot of fun, uh, exciting moments. I'm sure there's some rocky moments somewhere in there, too, but a lot of success stories. And so I would love to hear just kind of the journey and how when the ball got put in your hand and how you evolved to, to being this 12-year pro. Yeah, I so I started playing organized basketball when I was eight. But prior to that, like my mom would tell me, like in my kindergarten classes and stuff, I'd be outside playing with the boys and like beating them. <laughs> um, so I always like to say that like basketball, I was kind of destined to play. It kind of found me. It wasn't like my parents did not force me to play. No one forced me to play. I just loved it from an early age. Um, when I was a, so when I was around eight playing. Um, the only girl playing with all boys. Um, actually, funny story, Trevor Reza was one of my teammates when we were young. Nice. Um, <laughs> he was one of the boys you were beating up there. Yeah, he'll tell you. <laughs> um, for sure. And so, you know, obviously during that time, there weren't a lot of all-girls leagues. Um, but then around, like, middle school, all the girls in the area, we formed, like, a AAU team and so we started playing organized together and again still sometimes beating the boys and playing in all you know all boys leagues um from there went to Bishop Montgomery High School and I was a two-sport athlete so I played volleyball and basketball um won four state titles as a basketball player mm. won three CIF titles we lost my junior year I'll never forget that um so I, I could have won you know clean sweep but <laughs> that humbled me. <laughs> well, what what is, what is what is the difference? What is the difference with what? The two titles. 
The, the, say it again, I'm sorry. Did you say you won four state championships? Mm-hmm. And then you said you won three of another championship. Oh, CIF. So seven CIF Southern Section. So it's like um, it's like the the section of you know your division and then state gotcha. the entire state. So gotcha. Gotcha. three sectionals um, and four state titles and then one two state titles in volleyball. So um, a lot of winning at an early age, but I think. Um, I received a lot of great coaching as well, and that's where I really built um, my work ethic, and I understood what it took to to go hard, practice hard, work hard. Um, there, I went to UCLA. Um, I have to say, though, in 2003, I was uh, a McDonald's All-American, too. And that game was like LeBron, Chris Paul, um, Shannon Brown, all these elite players that, at the time, I'm like in high school, so not understanding, but then when they get to the NBA, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> so it's cool. You that guy that was in that game. Yeah, that, that LeBron guy that um, we're, we're just with. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, went to UCLA, uh, and we we won a Pac-10 championship at the time. I remember um, we beat Stanford um, in the championship game. So that was pretty cool. Um, I had an amazing time there. I actually got hurt my sophomore year, um, had a knee injury. So that, again, um, some adversity that, um, you know, I learned from and, again, understood that, you know, can't take anything for granted, especially um, the sport. And um, graduated from UCLA and got drafted in 2007 to the Minnesota Lynx in the WNBA. Um 12-year career, played for various teams. Um, I got a chance to play in L.A., the Sparks. Yeah, play at home. Got to play at home. Um, That was a dream come true because I grew up a Sparks fan watching them. So being able to play on Staples every night was pretty cool. Um, Playing in front of my family and just, you know, playing with Lisa Leslie, um, Tina Thompson, all these legends of our game. Again, just a, a learning experience and just grateful time time that that made I learned um, how to be a professional and you know I think that made me understand um, the importance of longevity and how to get how to maintain in our league. Um, so yeah, my last stop was Seattle in 2018. We won a championship um, that year. I have to actually go back within the 12 year season for the WNBA. I also went overseas. So I played 10 years overseas, um, Russia, Italy, Czech Republic, Turkey, uh, Israel, a lot of places. Um, and then, uh, so 2018 we won the championship as a player. And then, um, I was asked, you know, whenever I wanted, whenever I was done, the ownership group, um, saw coaching in me. So, um, now I'm a coach, but yeah, that's kind of been my journey as a player. A lot of, a lot of great things and a lot of not so great things. I had a lot of experiences, you know, one being my injury, um, others, you know, playing time and, you know, liking coaches, not liking coaches, um, injuries overseas. I deal with a lot of things, but um, all of that made me stronger and um, wiser and able to just or into the kids that I teach today. Right, right, yeah. So we know about the championships at the WNBA level. So to have won four, three, or nine championships in high school, volleyball, <laughs> basketball, mm-hmm. 
and then won one at UCLA, mm-hmm. won another one in WNBA. You made it look kind of easy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, winning championships is not that easy. Obviously, when you have a gift uh, and you put in the work with that gift, you know, you're able to maximize and do some things. But what do you think it is that that for yourself, you know, of course, humbly speaking, I know yeah. how have you been able to win at that kind of a level at every stage in your career? Because there's, you know, again, all of us have played, all of us hopefully have experienced some level of winning, and that's why you play. But to win championship after championship after championship, there's something that you were a part of making that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, you talk about just timing, um, that 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 has to play a, a big part in, you know, a lot of what happens in my life. I think I've always just put my head down and worked hard. I don't think that there is a, a shortcut to anything. I think, you know, it sounds cliche, but you, you have to put the work in. As a high school student athlete, I was also an AP in honors classes. So, you know, we won every year, but it was it was hard. It was a there were nights I pulled all nighters because <laughs> I had to finish my homework. I, I live in L.A. Bishop is in Torrance. So just the commute, my mom works. So, you know, just having to, you know. I remember as a high school kid, I'm I'm not eating lunch outside. I'm in the library doing my homework because I know I have practice after school. I know I have all these things to do. So a lot of sacrifice, but you know, a lot of it's it's the effort in your work work ethic. It's not just you know, it was, nothing was ever given to me. I think I always just kind of naturally and organically worked hard because that's just what I learned. Um, and I think just to be around, you know, obviously having great teammates, having great coaches, um, administrators, um, my, my mom, my support system. So there are, you know, all these factors that played into and poured into me. So, um, you know, there were days where I'm in tears. There were days where I'm frustrated. There were days that I'm mad. But, you know, those those days, <laughs> um you know, the good days outweigh those days. And I think um, those days were actually my best learning days, uh, always lessons and all those things. And so I, I honestly, when I when I try to look back at like my my experiences as a basketball player and just in, in life in general, it's always just been I go back. I'm just blessed. And I and it just really humbles me because sometimes I can't really explain how things happen. It's just, <laughs> um, you know, what I mean? it's, and it, it's just a, a lot of it, though, is, you know, this mentality of like, I'm not going, nothing is going to be given to me. Um, you know, you got to put the effort in and the work in. You know, as long as I can give my best, um, do my best, try my best, then I can be okay with the outcome because I know um, I've given my all, you know. Right, right. Yeah, so now you're coaching and you're giving your all to that. Yeah. And you won another championship. <laughs> So talk about the Seattle Storm organization, if you don't mind, because obviously you've played in a lot of different organizations. You've seen a lot. And here recently, I believe this is the fourth championship uh, that Seattle has won. So there's something that's now – Seattle's kind of stepped into an elite class, almost that San Antonio Spurs, Mm -hmm. uh, New England Patriots, right? Like just that. They have something that's in their ingredients and in their special sauce and in their formula that makes it where 
uh, other than Sue Bird, right? Other than Tim Duncan or Tom Brady, that makes it where, in addition to having a great player or great players, plural, there's something that's there. So talk about the organization, talk about your coaching, and then talk about just, you know, obviously winning the championship. Yeah, I think so. I played a lot of places um, in the WBA, um, and I got to see how different organizations work. And I think the thing that stands out about Seattle, I remember as a player, it was the, you know, the environment was very positive. It wasn't fake. Um, We genuinely got along. And I think that is rare in professional sports because, you know, you're playing for a contract, you're playing for sometimes not the same reasons, um, other than, you know, you want to win a championship, but some sometimes other players have different agendas. And I think in Seattle, culture-wise, we're just a group of individuals who, again, wanted to work very hard, had a common goal, no egos, and we just genuinely got along. And that culture, obviously, headed Subert has been there her entire career. Um, and, you know, we had some coach shifts but when your best players in your organization are also your hardest workers, everybody has no has to fall in line. Um, and we got to start from the top. Our ownership group is amazing. A group of three women who were once fans. And um, when Seattle Supersonics were going to get sold, um, they, you know, pulled all their resources together to save the team and keep the team in Seattle. Um, they're they're just commitment to our team, um, their passion for basketball, passion for us as people, um, their leadership qualities, it trickles down to everyone from the GM to the coaching staff and then to the players. So when you're a part of, again, I'll say the culture that embodies, you know, being a professional, um, coming to work, working hard, but just, you know, genuinely like showing that you care, I think that is a recipe for success. And, you know, I, I, again, I played a lot of places and Seattle just always felt different. Even as an opponent playing against Seattle, it just always felt different. But I think Seattle has done a good job. We've done a good job of like having that culture um, continue to be consistent year year in and year out. Yeah, so you, you <clears throat> so Super, we all know, you talked about the ownership group of three women. What do you think? So, so obviously we're talking women's empowerment. That's something that I care about talking about. Uh, we'll get into why for me in a little bit, but you touched on three women being the owners and they are probably what sets the tone for the culture of the entire organization. So what would you say about their leadership? Cause it's probably rare to have women owners mm-hmm. and There's three of them. So there's power numbers probably. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think it is that they've done to create that culture from the top? Like you said, best players, hardest workers, matters on the court. But we all know organizations have so much to do with winning championships, especially when you do it four times over the span of time that they have. Yeah. Um, Lisa Bramu, Don Trudeau, Jenny Gilder um, are the women. And, you know, I think they have this competitive spirit in them, too. So one obviously as owners, you don't you're you're you want to win, <laughs> you know, but it's like, what do you do to push that forward? Like, what are you going to do 
to enable us to win championships. And I think that's what you see from them. It's just, you know, they give their all, whether it's them being at all the games, whether it's them being visible, whether it's their work in the community, whether it's, um, you know, them understanding that, you know, you know, especially in our climate, you know, right now that our voices are important, um, you know, supporting us, women empowerment, all these things come into play. But I think at, at, at you know, at the end of the day, they're competitive. They want to win and they're going to do give their best and, you know, whether it's resources, whatever it needs to be so that, um, you know, our team is in a position where we can <laughs> be successful. And I think I think the biggest thing, I think they are super supportive of us all. And, you know, it can be whether it's our dreams, whether it's what we want to do, um, our work within the community or, you know, our, what do we want to do outside of basketball? I think they're just a supportive group of women who understand that what we are, we, we play basketball, but basketball isn't doesn't define who we are. We are more than just athletes. And so I think they get that part also. They want they're so invested into learning who we are as people. And when you see that people genuinely care like that, it makes you want to go harder as a player, as a coach, because you don't want to let these women down because they they support you so much. Right. And not only care, but are invested. You said that word. So when you're invested, that usually means you get connected. And the more connected you are, the more people can feel accepted and the more, um, yeah, the more empowering that becomes. Mm-hmm. So uh, we t- you talked about the climate right now. We're talking about empowerment. We're talking about connection. What would you like to see um, as a leader, as a woman who's won championships after championship after championship after championship? Um, what would you like to see to help women empower slash um, just support each other better? What would you like to see from women? What would your message be to any woman that may listen or be exposed to this or watch, um, what, what would you want to see kind of like the cry or mission from women during these times? Yeah, I think, um, you know, when you, you can take a, 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 a couple of different avenues with this. I think women in power need to hire and support other women. Mm. So. You know, it's always hard. You talk about um, getting a seat at the table. Like, you know, there there, there are certain injustices that happen to where it's hard, you know, it's hard to get that that power um, to then help others. So I think to be supportive, I think once women get um, these high positions, of course you want to hire who's best qualified, but I think placing other women um, you know, in, in jobs or whatever, maybe. I think that's important. Um, I think that women need to support specifically other women in sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that women like to watch the NBA, you know, though maybe they're they're not great athletes. I think women like to watch men's sports, but I'm not sure if women, a lot of women like to watch women's sports. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's true. But I think just women in sport, I think there needs to be more support and even for athletes, more support in each in and supporting others within other sports. You see it a lot in the Olympics, you know, certain athletes go to different event, sporting events and support in that way. But I would like to see more support across the board. Um, and I think obviously it starts 
with the youth and understanding how important it is um, to first know who you are and feel comfortable with who you are and then in turn support others, um, not bash others, um, but pick our sisters up and, um, you know, start pushing the envelope in that way so that we understand, like LeBron talks about it, strength in numbers. I think if women start to support other women more, <laughs> um, you know, sky's the limit for right. us and what we can do, yeah. Yeah, that collective mindset, that collective force, uh, I think Golden State may have been the one that kind of tagged it when they were winning championships, strength in mm -hmm. numbers, because they believed in this depth. It's not just about Steph and Clay. Mm -hmm. And then you add KD. It's not just about that, but it's strength in numbers. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, you touched on the youth. You know, I have a three-year-old daughter who is hands down going to be an athlete because her mom was. Awesome. Uh, dad was too, but I don't really count because her mom was the elite athlete. So mm -hmm. my wife is actually from California. She's from Palmdale and Lancaster area. And she won a, she's a volleyball and softball former player. She played two sports in college at Colgate and took her team to the championship as far as softball, uh, volleyball. She broke some records. Softball, I think she still has the RBI record. Wow. But in 1997, her and her two sisters were all on the same Little League team and they won a Little League World Series. She's <laughs> kind of in the same category. You two will get along well. And so my daughters have it honest. They have a, a, a mom who was an extreme athlete and a coach. So – for me, I'm always thinking of, you know, with my daughters, who I would want them to be exposed to or who I would want to connect them to. And I, I'm, I'm super inspired, as I told you on the phone, by Kobe, who was such an ambassador of the WNBA and supporting women's sports. And um, so my question, and I'm following in the lead of the great Kobe Bryant um, and the girl that extraordinaire, but I, I love how he made it such a cool thing. One, to be a girl dad, right? To take pride in being a father to young girls, to girls, period. Because I think for so long, society has this forever that I know of. Society's had this almost like you're not as much of a man almost if you don't have a son, mm -hmm. right? So Kobe flipped it because he's the ultimate man's man. You can't ever question that. He's the mamba. But his post-playing career, he switched it to this, you know, loving, tender-hearted, caring, laughter, always smiling. Like, you never saw Kobe smile when he played because he had the scowl on his face. But when he didn't play, he's always smiling. He's always so kind of took so much pride in that role. So I'm, I'm asking all that. I'm segueing to men. What role would you like to see us play as men to support women and to continue to help uh, grow the concept and the idea and break some of the narratives about uh, women's empowerment and just women in their value period. Yeah, I think the same, um, I speak the same sentiment um, that I just you know alluded to with women when I say I think men need to support women in sports as well, women in general. And I think, you know, it's so interesting, um, the uh, avid basketball fan or, you know, basketball savant, however you want to say, when they watch women's sports, so let's just use basketball, um, they appreciate it. So like Kobe appreciated the best player in the world appreciates women's sports. They watch it. You, you think about the NBA athletes, 
who are constantly talking about the WNBA in a positive light. It's, it's basketball, but they understand that um, we're, we're hooping, we're playing, you know? And I think the average Joe that you see playing outside at Venice Beach is the one, you know, that can barely shoot sometimes, you know, just thinking they're athlete because they have big muscles are the ones that are, you know, always bashing our league um, and not really paying attention. I guarantee when you uh, come to a WNBA game and sit in the atmosphere of it, you enjoy it. And I think, I think, a lot of men don't really take the time to watch and, and, and take the time to learn about these players, learn about our stories and learn about um, our league in general. And then I think there'll be a better appreciation. And I think, you know, if if LeBron and, you know, all these top players, um, Kyrie Irving, he's such a, you know, ambassador for our sport. Um, if they can appreciate us, like, why can't everyone? And I think um, I would just empower. I just I, I would I would just employ men to to understand like when you empower women, then we all win. You know what I mean? It's not um, it's not about just bashing us, and it's not about just saying yeah we're not we're not trying to be the NBA, but we are our own entity. And I think that women's sports um, are important not only for us, but for like your daughter for for her to see that. Um, women can do this. Women can pursue um, a, a career in sport and be successful and be cool and be pretty and be girly and be however they want to be, um, be competitive, be fierce, be just great. And I think, um, I think it's important to continue to support women in, in professional realms if it's sport, because I think it'll help our youth um, to just have some vision and see that they can be who they want to be, what they want to be, and, and still play some sports and <laughs> and be great. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, you alluded to it. I think Kobe did an amazing job um, building up. He was cooking up something great. Um, you look at his Mamba team that he had created. Um, he took some a young group of girls who were getting their butts kicked at one point in time. And all they did was start working hard and put in a triangle offense. <laughs> right, right. He just gave them time. He 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 just put in time, showed them that they that he cared, gave effort, empowered them. And then as they, you know, they're now seventh, eighth, now I think they're entering ninth grade, and they're very good young athletes. And I think that, you know, obviously, though he's not here, his legacy st- still will continue. Those girls in the time that he they spent with him. They will never forget that. And now they will know, you know, how they want to conduct their lives and what it means to have a mama mentality. And so then they can pass on the torch to another generation. And so, you know, I think that time that they spent with him was very, very important. Yeah. What do you think? Thank you for all that. That was well said. And I couldn't agree more. What do you think respect kind of plays into it? Because I think that word is almost it's given sometimes in men's sports. It's not given in women's sports. Yeah, I, I'm not sure why. You know, I think there's always this this comparison. You know, you think about it, you never hear, you, you take my more. It's like, 
Maya Moore is the Michael Jordan of women's basketball. Like, why can't Maya Moore just be the Maya Moore? Why can't Maya Moore be compared to Sharon Miller? Why can't Maya Moore be compared to another woman athlete? And I think there's always this, um, when you compare a woman to a man, then that is like showing how elite they are. And I think that's the problem in general. Like, we're not trying to compare to another man, really, we're just trying to be great in who we are. And I think, I don't know, it can be deeper than, you know, this may be a little deep, but it's just our society. We are living a, a very male dominant society and everything that we do has to be, you know, um, on this measurement stick of what men are doing. And I, I think that's the problem. I think if we start to look at, um, you know, our accomplishments and, and, and what they are as, a, an athlete in general, you look at my, I'm just using my more because she came to mind. You look at Brianna Stewart's um, career. She, she won four titles at UConn. Like who's done that? And every time you talk about the best, you know, um, collegiate player, like why isn't Brianna in the conversation, male or female? I don't know any males who have won four titles um, in college, you know what I mean? For, and, and, you know, she has all these accolades, but it's just interesting, I think. And that comes with that that word respect. It's like we don't gain the respect if it's not um, coming from a certain person or if it's, you know, not, you know, this comparison with other, if it doesn't equate to it. And I, I think that's the problem. Yeah, I think it's kind of these, um, and, and we're breaking down some of these walls now slowly, right? Slowly. And, and at least if we're not all just breaking them down, we're becoming more aware. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only the walls when it comes to women and that kind of equality, but also in terms of uh, us as minorities, whatever minority that may be. Whatever minority that may be, whether that's um, an Asian minority in a field that doesn't have very many or Hispanic or black or whatever it may be. And I think there's just been such a long period of time of these kind of systems and constructs and ways of doing things that's never really been challenged or questioned mm-hmm. and always been accepted. So that just became the norm. And then it grows and it grows and it grows. And it, then you take a step back and it's like, wait a minute, how do we get here? Well, why are we, well, it goes all the way back to a root in the beginning in the history. So um, I think that has a lot to do with it. I think it's starting to kind of shift and break now. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to know your thoughts, too, when it comes to the respect and even those perceptions and constructs when it comes to hiring women for mm-hmm. head coaching positions. Mm-hmm. Right. So I know in volleyball, my wife's a volleyball coach, a former head coach at a couple of different colleges and she talks about it all the time and women's volleyball where women play there's not very many female coaches Mm -hmm. I I could be wrong on this somebody can fact check me and and get back to me but I think she said that there hasn't been a female to win a national championship as a coach in volleyball yet Wow. partly because there's not very many of them Mm -hmm. so uh, I say all that to kind of segue to basketball to say what is it that you think could help change that narrative? Do you think it's a problem or do you think it's something that is not where it should be or or what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think 
that I always think about how, like, how do men get into coaching women? <laughs> you know, I had this thought the other day, like, why, why, why do men, men really enjoy coaching women? Um, you know, and it's kind of taking away some of those jobs from women. And I'm not saying, obviously, I'm all for the most qualified should, but also I think there need to be, I think having women in those leadership positions is just showing their players that there is this opportunity. If you only see males in that position, then maybe, you know, your player doesn't even think that that's something that they may want to do because they don't actually visualize and see themselves within their coach. It's just maybe that difficulty. I think the NCAA is doing a better job. And I think they are, you know, seeing that more women um, need to be in those leadership roles. I think that it can improve. And you got to understand, you, you look at it too, you know, in men's sports, there's never, you know, sorry, in women's sports, we never question, you know, male coaches and them, them gain, gaining head coaching positions. But in, in male sports, it's always like this big thing when a woman woman becomes um, a coach or is in a position, you know what I mean? Like if you are most, if you're qualified for the job, why can't women coach men? Like that goes back, back to my question. Why, why is it okay? Like, why are we, why is it, why are we not up in arms when, when men coach women? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think, um, that needs to change. It just goes back to like, we're not women athletes compared to men athletes. We're just athletes. Women coaching co- compared to men coaches, we're just coaches. Like we, if you know the game, you have an ability to coach whoever you, you, you choose to coach. I think um, there needs to just be more um, intention behind who we hire. Um, and I think that Women coaching women in sport, I always go down fighting for that. I think it's just what the players need to see that, you know. And and um, and I and I think when you see that that there's this um, career in coaching, I think maybe you have more more um, people wanting to pursue. Yeah. So we have the Nancy Liebermans of the world, mm-hmm. Becky Hammonds, mm-hmm. now Kara Lawson. Mm-hmm. Celtics to Duke, mm-hmm. it, it kind of takes like most things, right? We have Jackie Robinson, which is maybe an extreme for this example, but we always need those pioneers mm-hmm. and those first ones to do it, to be able to say the Barack Obamas to say like, that is possible. And now you change the thinking of it. And so now it makes those opportunities happen. So, so now for you, you just finished winning a championship mm-hmm. as a coach. So tell everyone that doesn't know you, what are you doing now? And because you are a leader and you are a person of, uh, of impact. So what are you doing now that you're not coaching with them? How do you spend your time? Yeah, so actually I kind of failed to mention this. Um, my last two years playing in the WNBA around 2016, um, I started coaching high school basketball. So I was coaching high school basketball and still playing in the league. Um, we actually won a championship. <laughs> not surprised. Not surprised. <laughs> Totally forgot. Um, so, so you know, from there, I gained this uh, passion for teaching basketball to 
high school kids. And I think, you know, on the high school level, it's more than just the basketball. To me, the basketball is secondary. You are a mentor. You are confident, um, disciplinary. Sometimes it had to be a parent. <laughs> um, but I found that, you know, I am constantly having to pour into my kids. And I really enjoyed that. And um, so I've been so after WNBA, WNBA season, I coached at my alma mater, Fisher Montgomery. I'm also assistant athletic director there. Um, and they also just made this new position, director or coordinator of di diversity, equity and justice on campus. So doing all these things um, at Bishop and now this is my fourth year coaching. So that's what I do when I'm back home. So a lot of seats at the table. I love that. I've never heard the one with justice in it. I like that. Yeah. I can relate a little bit with rising coaches being named diversity, equity, inclusion, mm -hmm. Alliance vice president recently. So congrats to you. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us about what that is like now as we talk about all this women's empowerment, having a seat at the table as a head coach, having a seat at the table as an assistant athletic director and admin, and now with this new position with diversity, equity, and justice, I believe you said. Yeah, I think it's it's huge. Um, you know, I I like the fact that I can coach at high school level because um, I can say, hey, look, I did it in high school, I did it in college, and I did it as a pro. What can you tell me <laughs> that I don't know? I love that. I love that. <laughs> I, I went to the same high school as you, so I already know. You know, I, I know. So you're dropping a mic everywhere. Just yeah. <laughs> so just listen, okay? All right, join in. <laughs> Right. Um, but I think, you know, again, like I alluded to it, just having the ability to impact lives of not only the my team, but just the students at school who I come across, I think um, I find purpose in that. And I think um, for them to to look at their coach and be like, you know, in the off season when I'm on TV, I get texts from my kids like, hey, coach, like, congrats. Um, and, you know, I still stay connected to most of my kids who have left and just to check on them and see how they're doing. I think that's most impactful for me. And um, obviously, uh, you know, I'm, a lot of kids see me coaching at Bishop and they want to come. Wow, a black woman is coaching. Wow, someone who looks like me is in this position. Um, how she's carrying herself, what she's talking about, being a great teammate, being a great person, um, being at a, you know, high school Catholic school, you can talk about God and all these things. Just... To, to me, I think that is what it's all about. Um, being this new role that I have is, is important to me because, you know, I when I went to Bishop, I had an amazing four years. A lot of times, though, I found myself as the only Black student, Black female student in my APs and honors class. And yes, I had an amazing time, but how impactful could my four years have been if I had spaces that safe spaces where I could talk about my experiences and all these things. So for Bishop to now have like a black student union and a social justice alliance, I think that's amazing. And I think, you know, being a part of that is um, it inspires me because it's, again, it's about helping the next generation. The big reason why I came back to Bishop is, you know, when I, the principal who uh, was my principal when I attended high school, she asked me to come back and help. But it's, it was easy for me because it's like this place gave me so much. Now it's my turn to give back. And um, 
that just plays a huge role in why I'm there and why I continue to be there um, because it's it has a, I have a it has a special place in my heart. Yeah, so going from the special place in your heart that's home, mm-hmm. you won a few. I think we may have mentioned championships there. Mm-hmm. Uh, still doing it. I love it. Um, two questions I have for you before we close, and I've thoroughly enjoyed our time. So glad you came, and I know everybody's getting so much from it. I have my notes over here, probably even longer than they've taken. But um, so the social justice. What's your hope for moving forward in this time? Yeah. And then you talked a lot about legacy. We're going back to your school and uh, dropping mics at all levels, and uh, <laughs> I think it speaks to your humility and your humble spirit and your servant spirit to want to to coach and just have the pinnacle of athletic success as a coach as a pro coach winning a championship confetti's coming down the whole thing and then you turn around and go back to your high school within a matter of a month or or so and so that says a lot about your humility and your legacy but what do you hope that your legacy is and then before you get to that question what do you hope comes out of this time period of uh, this social justice, social unrest time period? Right. Um, I'll, I'll go back to our WMA season this year. So we dedicated our season to Breonna Taylor um, and uh, we partnered with Say Her Name campaign, which is, um, you know, a campaign that highlights the names of black women um, who are also victims of police brutality. And so, you know, we talk about, you know, we, we heard about Mike Brown, but five days later, Michelle Cousseau was killed by the police as well on like a mental health check-in. So, you know, having to, making sure we highlight these women um, it was important to us. Um, making sure we highlight Breonna Taylor was important to us in the platform that we use. Um, obviously being in a pandemic, more eyes were on our, our platform, which was cool. And we utilize our platform in the correct way. And I think, you know, obviously we're living in some crazy times, um, but the fact that people are becoming, you know, aware, um, eye-opening and are opening to listen, listening, listen to what we've been trying to say for 400 some years. Um, I think that, you know, the job sometimes feels like so far gone that there's no impact, um, but I think we are making strides. Um, is it enough? No, but I think that, you know, the goal is to get better every day, just in life, whether it's as an athlete, you know, get better every day, as a person, get better every day. As a country, I think we need to continue to get better every day. Shout out to Biden and Harris <laughs> on their win today. But, um, you know, I think it's just important that we continue to use our voices to amplify, to, to be the voice of the voiceless, um, for people to continue to educate themselves because we are far from done. The work still needs to be done. Um, you know, all these issues that arose, you know, during 2020, having a pandemic really sat people down and, and had people watch. And it was sometimes hard to stomach. Um, it was sometimes very emotional, but I think it was a time that was needed for everyone. Um, and, you know, good, bad, and different. I think that we need to continue to stand for what's right. We can t- continue to support women, continue to support Black folks, people of color, continue to understand we want seats at the table, not just because 
um, you know, of, of, <laughs> of reparations, but because we're qualified and because, um, I, you know, our, our world is so diverse in businesses and companies and schools and everything needs to look like that. Um, I think that there are so many different um, avenues that we can talk about with social injustices. But for me as a professional athlete or professional co coach, I think it's important to continue to use my voice um, and, and, you know, you know, I'm not super political, but I know I'm, I, I know I'm moral, a moral person and I have values and, you know, right from wrong. And I think, you know, everybody deserves to be treated fairly. Um, and I think, you know, that we need to continue to, um, unite as a people, um, and continue to, um, you know, push for helping those who are less fortunate. And so, you know, moving into my legacy, I think that's just, you know, I talk about my purpose. I think my purpose is to be a light for others and whatever it is. I strive like to, to like any conversations that I have, any interactions that I have, I strive um, to have people leave me and say, wow, something different about her. What is that? And I think that's just my foundation. That's the God in me, so to speak. I hate to interrupt you in the middle while you're talking, but I was one of those people. <laughs> awesome. That's why. Awesome. That's why you're here. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I think you know you want to live your life as Christ lived, and I'm not perfect by any means, but I think every time I come into uh, any interaction that I have, I just want to make you know people feel that Noel Quinn is an amazing person, and that's what I strive to do in life whether it's coaching, whether it's hanging with friends, whether it's at the grocery store with my mask on, try, trying to smile at you with my eyes. Maybe. Right, right, right. You know I mean, um, I, I think that's just my purpose in life. And I, I try to live in that every single day. I don't always get it right by any means, but I try to be the best humble servant that I can be. And I think that, you know, I, I go, I got, I, I'm at Bishop every day, every day, excuse me when the gym is open and like my, my Jersey is retired. Right. And so I have New Jersey that's retired on my campus. And like, to, like someday I don't even want to look up there because like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't want people to think I'm staring at <laughs> my Jersey's too long, but then I'm just like, wow, like I've, I'm, I've come, I've done so much and to be honored in that way, like that's super humbling because I didn't strive to get that. All I did was strive to be a great teammate, work hard, you know, um, empower others around me. And I think, like, I, I don't strive to get accolades. I don't strive strive to win championships, but it happens. Like, that timing is crazy. It just happens. And so, again, I just, my legacy, I just want people to be like, man, she's amazing. I don't know what it is, but um She's a child of God. The hand of God is on her, and you know, and that's 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 what I feel. Yeah, and I think in that humble servanthood, you may not strive to win a championship per se. That may not be the main thing, but you are. You talked about it earlier with your work ethic. So you are working to maximize who you are and who God's blessed you to be, and that means serving others, empowering others, being a great teammate and being our best. So if you're in AP and IB and all these other classes, 
you are striving to be your best. You're looking at the challenge head on and you're saying, I'm going to figure out how to push myself to be the best I can possibly be and then see what happens. Mm -hmm. I think because there's no way you can win championships and have academic success at that elite level without pushing yourself that way. So I love the humble spirit part of it, but there is such a champion spirit in you that is like my standard is not average. My standard is not just to do this, just to do it. My standard is to be excellent at it and to be as great as I can be. And through that, in my humble opinion, listening to your story, getting to know you, that's where the light shines. It's like it's not shining because I want you to look at me. It's shining because I'm working so hard to maximize what I've been given. Mm-hmm. I'm so blessed. I'm so thankful that I am this blessed. So let me go out and get my all so you guys can see, like, this ain't about me, but you can do the same thing with your all. Mm-hmm. Your all may look different. And I think that's what's awesome, even talking to you and listening to you in the breakout room when I first met you, talking about your athletes. You're just figuring out how to make them to be their best. Mm-hmm. They're a little different now than maybe what we were or maybe what you were, but you're still working to figure that out. And there's a drive in you. I think the first maybe time we communicated, um, you maybe said something that was like, I would love to learn some things from you. Mm-hmm. And it's like to have that kind of a mentality when you've done all that you've done still shows there's a desire and a hunger to want to grow and be even better. So <laughs> to honor your legacy as you're talking about it, I think that's a huge part of it as well. And um, yeah, I think you've blessed all of us today. And the good Lord is still working through you and shining through you. And uh, so grateful you came on. I'm looking forward to continuing to build a friendship with you and support you in all that you do and and learn from you as well as I have today with all my notes. Um, But I would love to just give you the floor to to just close and say whatever you'd like to say as we wrap up. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And, um, you know, you touched on it. I, I, I don't think I know everything. And I know, you know, as, um, an individual in, in my profession, you know, I'm still very new. Though I've had a 12-year career, you know, this is, you know, two years coaching pro and four years coaching high school basketball. I think there's so much to learn, um, and and I love to gain knowledge from others. And you know, you, sometimes you take the knowledge and you use it. Sometimes you take the knowledge and just learn and say, hey, and I don't like that for me and who I am. Um, it's just shaping me in my next journey as a coach. And I think that's important. Um, I just, again, I just appreciate being here. Um, I think that, you know, our <laughs> work isn't done. I think there's so much to be done and so much information out there. Um, you know, we talk about the Black Coaches Association. I think it's amazing that we got to connect through that. Um, and, you know, and I think that's what it's about, um, lear- learning from others, gaining those connections, um, serving others and taking that information back to our communities, our environment, so that they in turn can help empower and encourage others when they get my age and in my position. So I appreciate it. Um, and anything you ever need, I got you. I'm definitely going to touch base because there's things I do need. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you're, you're stuck with me now. Thanks so much for being a part of this empowerment no series and just the coach, All Access Coaches Corner. And I know those that hear and those who will be exposed to this will be empowered. And I look forward to continuing to follow your success and continue our friendship and uh, keep being a light because it's needed.
Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right.